the Lord is telling me that he's going to build back so fast it'll make our heads swim. All this destruction. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to happen much faster, amen, than anybody can can understand. So praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And the Lord is, is saying that, that um, he says this to dry your eyes, lift your head, cast off the cloak of depression, fear, trepidation, because the enemy always blows up his little bit of power, says the Lord. The Lord is saying, I didn't leave him with any power over you. What he has been demonstrating, he has usurped and stolen from people through fear in their hearts, says the Spirit of God. And I have made my people fearless, says the Lord. Do not accept fear. Do not accept the spirit of fear. Your goods, your loved ones, your households, your daughters, and your sons are safe in my ark of safety, says the Lord. That has not changed. That has not changed. Your weapons are spiritual. They're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They always have been. They always will be. Do not trade in your peace, your safety, and your comfort for the enemy's fear. For there is nothing to fear, says the Spirit of God. You and yours are protected in my ark of safety, says the Spirit of the Lord. And watch what I do. As you lift up your eyes and look to the hills, and you will see coming over the hills of glory a great army that is rebuilding even as the devil is trying to destroy, says the Spirit of the Lord. For the earth is mine and everything in it, The cattle on a thousand hills belong to me, and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of hills, everything belongs to me, says the Spirit of the living God. And I am accelerating, because I am accelerating your time on the earth, that souls may be harvested in the twinkling of an eye, says the Spirit of the living God. For just as the man who they claim they are in so much sympathy over His life was taken in the twinkling of an eye. So will my church be caught up and taken out of the earth in the same twinkling of an eye moment in activity, says the spirit of the living God. But before I leave, before you leave this earth, says the Lord, you have much work to do for me. So lift up your heads because that's where I am. You will see me coming in great power and great glory because the things that I am doing, says the Lord, are free to everybody. Salvation is free to all men. Healing is free to all people. My glory and my power are free to all who will give themselves over to me and call upon my name, says the Spirit of the living God. And you will be my peacemakers, says the Lord. You will bring lasting peace, says the Spirit of God. Not just a momentary cessation of strife, but a lasting peace unto the earth as you go forth in my name, says the Spirit of the living God. So look up, look to the hills, because that's where your help is coming from. Don't look around uh, beyond you at the chaos, because it will not last, says the Lord, because I am coming through with a rebuilding situation, a rebuilding process, a rebuilding crew that will rebuild these areas that the enemy thought 
he would leave as a monument to his destruction, says the Spirit of God. I am coming quickly to remove what he's trying to make a lasting memory of, says the Spirit of God. No more will cities be left desolate by the enemy's destruction, for I am rebuilding very, very rapidly, says the Lord. And everybody will look and see, ah, but the enemy thought he had that, but look how glorious it is. There is no trace of the smoke. There is no trace of the death. There is no trace of the fear because God has rebuilt according to his plan, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I will trample down everything that the enemy is trying to leave for wrath, says the Lord. For I am trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored, says the Lord. No more wrath, no more animosity, no more mistrust between races and groups. No more divisions, says the Lord, for I am building one people in this earth, and they are the people of God. So march on in my truth, march on in my truth, march on in my truth, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your loved ones are walled about with my favor, says it doesn't come down because the devil's acting up, says the Lord. So repent of all fear and leave it here, says the Lord. Repent of all fear and leave it here, says the Lord. Fear is not for you. I didn't give you that spirit, so you give it back to the devil. Tell him not you're not paying attention to that and you're not giving in to fear. You're marching on and you're going to win souls, says the Lord. And you will win them, says the Lord, because now I'm angry and I'm sending a power and a glory that will never be stopped, says the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Our God is good. Amen. He knows the things that concerns us. He always has a remedy. He always has an answer. He always has hope. He always has encouragement. Amen. Because he doesn't lie. He tells the truth. Amen. We're always to be encouraged. Always. Amen. And so if we gather together and some of us are are not encouraged, then we lift each other up. Amen. Not with any fake stuff, but we need the word of the Lord to give us that peace. Amen. So he wants to give us peace and reassurance at all times. His truth is greater than the devil's lies. Truth always outlives lies. Amen. So his truth will always be here because it's always marching on in the hearts of his people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. We bless you. We praise you and we magnify you. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised and adored. 
You're worthy to be praised and adored. You're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. Amen. Amen. Good God. Yeah, he, God wants to reassure his people. Amen. He always wants, he always, he never, he loves us. He never gets tired of encouraging us and reassuring us, helping us, loving us, all of those things. And you never outgrow your need for God's encouragement. Amen. I know some of us have been serving God for a lot of years and, you know, we ain't no babies no more. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about the assignment of the enemy against your heart to pierce your heart and, and cut it through with discouragement and disappointment. Try to get residence in there and reside in your heart with all kinds of crazy stuff. And, but you know, we, we pray through these things and we seek a comfort from the Lord. That's where you get your comfort from is from the word of the Lord. And so praise God. Amen. So he always has a word to encourage us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in the time of need because it's always available to us. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you and we praise you for that. Lord, you are worthy to be praised in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about faith for healing. So we're going to talk about the healing seed. Amen. The healing seed that God wants to place inside of us by his word. Amen. So whenever we have difficulty, whenever we have symptoms, sickness, whatever you want to call it, diagnosis, uh, um, we need to understand that God has already planted within our hearts the seed for healing if you're born again. Amen. And that seed can enter your heart by faith anytime you believe God and receive your healing when you pray for it. And so God is, is wanting to encourage us in cultivating that seed, in strengthening that seed, causing that seed to grow, discouraging growth of doubt, unbelief. I call them weeds in a garden. Amen. Uh, so you, you have to extract weeds in order to get growth. So that's what God, we have to tend our garden. And, uh, that's why Jesus has so many parables comparing his kingdom to either a vineyard, a garden, something like that, so that we can always understand growth, we can always understand increase we can always understand how his kingdom grows and so when we understand how the kingdom grows we can cooperate with god we don't have all of these opportunities to get doubtful to to want to walk away from things to uh any of that any more than you would go out and buy a property and plant seeds in there and then walk away and say it's not going to grow. It's the same craziness that believers go through when God begins a good work in them. And then they walk away from the things God's promised them. They just quit believing. Or many times they backslide, go back into the world. All of that stuff. 
um, it's because people have allowed the weeds to overgrow the good seed that he plants in their hearts. And so if we're not diligent to keep our hearts pure so that the healing seed can grow, the prosperity seed can grow, it's all the same type of seed. So anything that feeds your spirit will feed your healing. It'll feed your financial prosperity or your natural prosperity. It will feed your um youth it'll feed your strength it will feed all of that so the best thing to do is to cultivate your heart to keep good things in it and not get duped and and sidetracked by the enemy uh feeding yourself hatred and strife and unbelief and pretty soon you will get bitter and you'll walk away from the things of god see sometimes you think you know walking away is is the easy thing, but it's hard to walk back. You ask anybody that's backslidden for a season if the way back isn't real tough. Huh? Sometimes we can be, uh, quote-unquote, faithful and just be showing up and being like a, a, a brick, you know, just be, being dead as a stone on the inside. Amen. I'm telling the truth now. Because I've lived long enough to know life and know people and know God and know the saints. And the fact that we have warfare and difficulty that comes against us is no excuse for holding on to the negative things that the enemy puts out there. So that's why the Bible tells us to be sober and to be vigilant. Vigilant means to you watch over yourself like a a sentry. Like a soldier is guarding over valuable property because what's in your heart is of great value because that's where the issues of your life come from. Your life comes from your heart or your spirit, whatever you want to call it. The Bible uses both terms. And so when you understand that all of the issues, life issues forth, whatever's in your heart is issuing forth in your life then you'll be more diligent to guard what's in there. Amen. Guard what you allow to lodge in your heart. Guard what you allow yourself to meditate on. Guard what you let yourself respond to and how you respond to things. Amen. And God will show you that the goodness in your heart is what you need to try and cultivate so your life can be better. Amen. Nobody leaves a, leads a good life if they feed on strife, the, the works of the flesh, disappointment, anger, frustration, uh, lack, what you don't have and what you didn't get yet and all of that kind of stuff. You, you'll never have much of a life if you dwell there. And so many times the people who have learned not to dwell there get persecuted because they live above the level of people that You understand that? So there is a price to pay for this kind of life. It's it's going to come with persecution. It's going to come with people who say, well, who do you think you are? And and why did you do this? And don't you feel, well, how come you ain't out there marching? How come you, you understand what I'm saying? You're going to get that stuff. I remember years ago, I used to uh, think God wanted us to do all these different things. And and so I remember I had friends who were, were 
marching at the abortion clinics. And so I just asked the Lord one time, I said, well, Lord, I said, I never feel led to do that. You know, and how sometimes group ideas can make you feel bad if you have a different idea. And so the Lord told me, he said, listen, he said, I have put something in you that I think it's precious. And I said, oh, why does that guy do it anyway? <laughs> oh, you know how when you get halfway enlightened. And I see all them queens out there would take that and run with it. God told me I got something precious. What is it? Uh, I didn't get that far. Go back and go back and get the rest of it. But he warned me not to get involved in these group things. He said, because I've called you to forerun a movement of watchmen. He said, and if anything breaks out, the devil's looking for you first. Then he will find you. He said, so consider what I've told you as a safeguard for your life. And it's like, and don't ask me about this no more. You understand what I'm saying? So, and I've, I've seen it to be true. You know, I remember going, my husband liked jazz music. And so we got saved. He got saved years after I did. But, you know, I would try to put up my protests about stuff. You know how you look mean when they, you know, they want to go somewhere. You look mean at them and they back up. So the Lord told me, quit doing that. That wasn't nice. That's just mean. He said, let me take care of this. So anyway. So he asked me one time, he said, well, I thought so-and-so was out at the, what they, it was something. What was that, an Auburn Palace at Auburn that was open? They, it was something out there. It's like an outdoor, indoor type venue. And so Al Giroux was out there. Some other people older than us, you know. I said, they still alive? They still singing? I looked at the list and I said, this was years ago. I looked at that, listen, I said, Lord have mercy. So I just prayed, I asked God, and so he said, yeah, yeah, I want to go. He said, you want to go? And I said, well, I said, I did pray about it. I said, God says it's okay to go, but he told me, he said, he will let me know when it's time for us to come home and we got to leave then. He said, okay, he's just glad to go, I guess, but anyways. Or he would have been going alone, so that was better than nothing. But, you know, as usual, somebody's out there drinking and acting crazy and stupid. And so I noticed about maybe an hour through the the uh, the concert, a little fight broke out in the in the front. And so the Lord said, now you keep your eye on that. I said, okay. So I just kept my eye on it. And they kept moving back a row and back a row and back a row and back a row. So they got about, you know, maybe about, I'd say about a dozen rows ahead of us. And nobody came to stop them. No police, no nothing. And so at that time, um, we got a phone call. And it was Shannon telling us that Bridget had had her baby. Remember little Ryan? And so we knew we had to leave then. But see, God will always reinforce what he tells you to do. So if they let them people tear up that auditorium, I don't know because I didn't stay long enough to find out. Amen. But see, God will will confirm his word to you about things where you have to be careful who you associate. You have to be careful 
where you go. You have to be careful who you allow your name to be connected with. You have to be careful about all of these things because your life doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to God for his purpose. Amen. And that doesn't make me special. But you need to receive that for you, too, because the same spirit is in you. You got me? So you need to be careful about you're not just a person that can be dragged into any situation somebody else thinks they need to get involved in. You let people take care of them and you take care of you. But I'm telling you, amen, the devil will find the believer that's anointed. Uh, you know, and that's why many of these preachers that march and carry on, they don't keep their anointing for very long. God lifts it and puts it on somebody who's going to protect it. I'm going to say it again. That's why they do not keep an anointing for very long because God will lift it and put it on somebody that will protect it. Because if you don't carry it anymore, you're not a threat to the devil. He like, You ever notice some backslidden preachers live to be 90 and 100 years old and they just still out there bullhorning and carrying on? Wake up, folks. Let's just wake up here, okay? Wake up. Martin Luther King was a rare exception. And he taught and lived nonviolence. Amen? They prayed until everybody got peace before they went out and did those marches. They didn't have rabble-rousing and all this kind of stuff even connected with them. God protected everybody in those movements. Amen? And it was dangerous, very much more dangerous than it is now. Amen? I'm a living witness to that. I lived old enough to live through all of this stuff, and it ain't nothing new. I've seen the devil over and over and over again use the same tactics on the same people. I'm thinking, you mean that's still working? Huh? Even on God's people. Huh? Pressure and group think and all that kind of stuff get people intimidated. And I'll lovingly tell anybody, no thanks, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to be there. And you don't have to give people a reason why you say no. Your no is enough. Huh? Your no is enough. Praise God. So God wants us to keep our hearts free of fear, anger, all of the the works of wrath, as the enemy would say. Amen? As he would say about the enemy's what the enemy puts in your heart. And fear is the lead spirit. You get fear in there, he can bring all his little buddies in there. Huh? He bring all his friends with him. And so we have to stay fear from free from fear. And then that word of health and healing will begin to be nurtured on the inside of us. And then as, as it says in Isaiah, the son of righteousness, uh, the, our health will spring forth speedily. Isaiah 58, the fast that God has chosen is to take away anger and those kinds of things. Let me find that real quick because I think that will benefit us to, to uh, I'll, I'll find a good translation that, that will explain that idea. Because there's fasting and there's fasting. And, you know, people can, the Pharisees were good at fasting, 
you know, they get their big robes out and wear when they were supposedly on a fast. So it looked like they weren't eating nothing. <laughs> you know how that goes. Of course, I don't have any such clothing, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, my fit. <laughs> but we working on it. Amen. Still working on it. <laughs> Lord. Let's see. Okay, this is a living Bible. Let's see what they say. It says in verse 3, we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Why don't you see our sacrifices? Why don't you hear our prayers? We have done much penance and you don't even notice. God says, I'll tell you why. Because you're living in evil pleasure even while you are fasting. And you keep right on oppressing your workers. Look what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling. This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Is this what I want? This doing a penance and bowing like reeds in the wind, putting on sackcloth and covering yourself with ashes? Is this what you call fasting? It says, no, the kind of fast I want is that you have stopped oppressing those who work for you, treat them fairly, give them what they earn. I want you to share your food with the hungry. Bring right into your own homes those who are helpless, poor, and destitute. Close those who are clothed, those who are cold, and don't hide from relatives who need your help. As baby, man, man, cousin, girl, and big mom. He said, if you do these things, God will shed his own glorious light upon you. He will heal you. Amen. Uh, The King James says, then will your health spring forth speedily. Your godliness will lead you forward. Goodness will be a shield before you and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Amen. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He'll reply quickly. All you need to do is stop oppressing the weak and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors. So God wants us, the fast that he's chosen is holiness and purity of heart. It makes very little difference what you put in your mouth. Well, I won't go that far. But but you know what I'm saying. If your heart's not in tune with God, you can forget all the, the not eating stuff. Not entirely, you know what I mean, but you have to eat in moderation. You can't be a glutton, but you know what I'm saying. That's, he's saying that's easy to do for some people and they still hold on to their old ways. So God wants us to keep our hearts in a place where he can change our ways. Amen. He can change the way we think, the way we, how we employ our time, what we meditate on. That's very important to God. We're to meditate on him and in his word day and night. And so God is very much concerned about how we live. But the condition of the heart is the foremost important thing that God wants us to be mindful to cultivate with the right things. And the fruit of the spirit is in there. Amen. It's already in your heart. 
We just need to yield to that instead of yielding to the flesh and yielding to the carnal mind. All of those things. We need to, we need to get over old stuff. Amen. Just really need to. Just, just let it go. Sometimes, you know, God will do what I call a sneaky deliverance. You know what I mean. Somebody trigger you and you go to grab that old thing you used to throw at them and it ain't there no more. You go, what? You know them things that you you never prayed for and it left you anyway? Yep. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. 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 And it's a permanent deliverance. Because sometimes you can watch that thing and try to work yourself up. And you say, you know what? It really is gone. I really am delivered now. Amen. So you don't have to nurse things that, you know, you used to sit up and feel bad for yourself. And, you know, put on some worship music. I remember a woman, uh, Sister Gwen McCurry. She's still, she's still around. She's still preaching. Still got her church. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, she'd been down and out many times, but she keep coming back. I remember I got a note from some of her people some years back. Pray for Sister Gwen. She's still in the hospital. And I just had a total peace about it. I just kept thanking God for healing her, raising her up. God, if it's, she's got work to do, keep her here. She got kids, grandkids, great grandkids. They love her. Keep her here, Lord. You know, whatever. And, and so, uh, but she said this. She said, um, she was, to, she used to teach on deliverance. In fact, she still does, I'm sure, but she was one of the first ministers that really understood it as far as words concerned. She's very, very dedicated to helping people, you know. And she said, she gave the example. She said that you can get your healing many ways. She said, the word always delivers you. She said, the anointing breaks the yoke. So you can get delivered that way at the altar and prayer line. And she said the other way is just by meditating on the word, changing your thoughts and switching out the old from the new. And she talked about how angry she was most of her young adult life. She said, I just didn't have the Lord in my life. She said, I raised my children the first few years without the Lord because I didn't know the Lord. She said, but I remember having the habit. She said on Fridays. She said, my husband would get paid and he would always stop at the liquor store. Some of you who grew up in the day know this pattern. Get drunk and stupid for the weekend. Can't go to church, can't do anything that's going to get you on the right track. You know, the devil keeps these patterns in people's lives. And she said, I would get up every Saturday morning and I would put on my favorite blues records. So so she played the blues all day Saturday, and they drank, and they argued. And she said one of my kids would come in with their shoes were worn out. She said because she had eight children. She said, and it was very hard for us to clothe all those children. She said, and I would scream at my kids and tell them to quit wearing their shoes out. She said, and I knew in my heart that they shoes just wore out. She said, but I was so frustrated and angry. She said, the devil had a grip on me. And she said, when I came to the Lord, I started to understand that the enemy made us poor. And when we were poor, we were frustrated and angry, she said. And I didn't have to take my anger out on my children anymore. 
And that was such a great revelation to her about deliverance that she told the Lord, she said, Lord, I want to help people who were just like me. And you know, that's how ministries are born. But I say that to say that she began to understand how she was adding to her problems with her attitude and her habit of feeling sorry for herself, listening to the blues and getting drunk and all that kind of stuff and being a bad mother. Amen. All of that happened because of what she put in her heart. It starts out in your mind and eventually it works its way down into your heart if you meditate on it. So it's very important that we meditate on the word to keep our hearts pure. You can't listen to the word too much. And once you hear the word, you got to grab it and hold on to it. Meditate it. God, I received that. I thank you for that word. I thank you. That word is going to work in me and change me. In fact, it's working right now. So Mark eleven twenty three. if you go there, this is where the seed of healing gets first planted. Amen. Now you have a seed of natural healing in your body. Your body has a, 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 a programmed way of dealing with all enemies that come in that try to assault your body. I don't care what it is. It can be a, a infection. It can be a cut. It can be a stab. It can be any kind of assault on your body your body already has a built-in mechanism to take care of it when you say you have a cut your your blood vessels start to change in how they respond you you'll see a circulation change it'll all your blood will start to rush to the part that's affected that's why when you find somebody uh, with a, a wound that looks bad, you start to put pressure on it to stop the blood from coming there because naturally it's going to come there to help. And so the first blood vessels, the blood, I'm sorry, blood, uh, um, what them they cells that show up are, are white blood cells and they begin to form a wall around the wound to wall it off so that the it stops the blood on its own. Amen. The first blood that's in that wound or that cut has clotting factors in it. If you have clotting factors in circulating blood, you die real quick because your blood will circulate clots all day long. So the clotting factors are released by a mechanism that, that comes to your rescue when you first receive an injury. Amen. Histamine releases clotting factor. So when clotting factor gets involved, it already starts to to form a dam or a wall to stop that bleeding from getting to be life-threatening for you. That's why when people, when they get injured, they put pressure on it to seal in the clot. Don't rub it and wipe it off and go get your alcohol. Now, see, that's a free medical lesson nobody picked up on. See, that's why I don't tell y'all nothing. Well, I take that back and I'm just going to stop. Am I right, Nurse Nikki? Amen. So you put pressure on it to protect that clot. If you keep it on there, you don't have to go get a stitch. You don't have to go get... I don't go, when I have little wounds and stuff like that, I don't go nowhere and they can be open. I'll 
If I have to hold it for 40 minutes, because I know it's going to work, you understand me? And and leave no scar either. I do my own Holy Ghost stitch up on you. Amen. But but that's I'm just saying that to say your body already knows how to heal itself from the natural perspective. It also has a memory of 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 perfection in God and how to heal itself from a spiritual standpoint, which will take care of the root of the disease. So God wants to take care of the root of things, and that's why he works healing for us in the spiritual realm. So that we can get rid, if you get rid of the root, you get rid of the fruit. Trust me. You get rid of the branch, you get rid of everything if you take care of the root of things. So that when you begin to uh, believe God for your healing or for your restoration of health, elimination of symptoms, the whole nine yards, you have an understanding of how that happens to a degree. To the degree that we are able to understand, we need to understand and apply ourselves in those areas. Amen. So, so Mark 11:23 tells you how to get the ball rolling. This is how you get started with it. Amen. So it says here, have faith in God, 22. For truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, that mountain being symptoms, blood pressure too high, uh, blood sugar too high or too low, seizures, thyroid problems, whatever it is, that's your mountain. So you say to your mountain, be removed and get out of here. And if you don't doubt in your heart, you can have whatsoever you say. Now, the trick is to keep saying the same thing and not plant two crops in one. Uh huh. If you look back, I think, I don't know, it's Deuteronomy. It's one of the first five books of the Bible where God started to give them instructions about things. He said uh, it was forbidden for Israel to plant what they call mingled seed. In other words, it's it's contrary to the law of faith to plant two crops in the same field. You keep all your crops separated and segregated. Huh? Why is that? That was a teaching lesson for them when they would come into a knowledge of Christ. If your heart is a soil in which you plant your life, you don't want to mingle the seed. You don't want to plant good and bad in your heart. See, we'll plant bad and say, well, God understands. No, he don't. He already said back in the, you know, read your first five books of the Bible. Uh, can you find that scripture for me, Shannon? I'm, I don't want to bug you. Too much. See, told you. Do baromany. Huh? Do, Deuteronomy what? No, 20. I'm all right. 22.9. See, they're the same book too. 22.9. And Leviticus 19.19. 19. 19. 19.9. Okay. 
So God doesn't want you planting mingled seed. It's forbidden. Old Testament forbidden, which means it's New Testament forbidden too. You got me? This, you know, Old Testament explains things in very drawn out terms. <laughs> New Testament, you know, it's in your heart as a principle. You got me? These things are principles of God. So he says, <clears throat> speak to your mountain, commanded to be removed. Amen. So what you do is you speak to your symptoms and command them to flee. If you never speak to the symptoms, you're not serious about getting rid of it. This is why many people will say things like, well, I prayed for my healing for a long time, never got it. How'd you pray? Oh, God, please, please heal me. Please do well. It's not going to come like that. You got to be interested enough in your own healing to at least read the Bible and see, get instruction for how to do it. Many times we just want God to do everything. He says, you do this part. This is our responsibility as believers. This is how you take care of yourself. And he says, truly, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain of symptoms, sickness, Rona, her brother, Tom, her cousin, uh, Auntie Rona, anybody, any of them people, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not dart doubt in his heart, but instead believe that it's going to happen. It'll happen. But you must believe it will happen. You got me? You can't sit around and just hope that word is doing something. You can't just start spitting out the word and wonder if it's doing any good. We've all been there. You can go back there anytime you want to, but you're still going to have to move out of that little shack. Amen. And move into the mansion of God that says you can have what you say. So then that puts a responsibility on you for the saying and the believing, but God is the one that does the performing. Amen? So you're not performing anything. You're doing your part to keep that word hidden in your heart. You're doing that your part to obey the scriptures. Brother Hagen tells a story that he was healed this way. He believed he received it when he prayed, and he had it really within the hour. He just kept saying, tell the Lord, I believe I received my healing from, and he listed all the things that were wrong with him. He had been bedridden and paralyzed. He said when he got finished with that, that that he kept confessing it because his spirit wanted to. That's the other thing. You got to get enough in your spirit for your spirit to want to say things. Or your head will take over. Whatever you got your attention on is usually what you're going to speak out of. See, we're praying for the invisible to be made visible. So you got to work totally in the invisible realm. You can't go by what you see. Yeah. It's a little challenging sometimes. Because if you have pain, if you have negative x-rays, you have negative test results, 
you've got to get to the point where you don't consider those things and you gotta watch yourself it's i mean it's a little work involved y'all it ain't like name it and claim it go to bed and live happily ever after it's called wrestling you gotta wrestle with yourself sometimes and then sometimes when you snap out of that fearful frenzy then you look back and say oh god i see what i did now you understand what i'm saying and you keep doing the right thing quit going visiting that place and then saying god understands amen because he james tells you very plainly the person who wavers is like a sea of a ship tossed to and from the sea he said don't let that person think they're gonna get nothing from god and he don't feel sorry for you either because you can do it he wouldn't give you something to do that you couldn't do so you you know lawyer up jesus please help me i don't know how to do this i really don't and i want you to instruct me and tell me how i can obey this word here that says i can have what i say if i believe and not doubt in my heart amen so when you start when you start uh believing God for something, then you have to hold on to that faith, the Bible says. You know, you hold on to what you're believing God for. Don't let go of it and say it's too late. These are the excuses the devil will give you. Look how long you've been playing around with the high blood pressure pills. You know, as you might as well just go on and continue to take them. You never get off that stuff. Huh? Look how long you've been doing this and how long you've been doing that. Just you ain't gonna never get that. Huh? He messes us with us with time all the time. That's his big deal. So you have to make up your mind to let time go and let God have it back. God, you're in charge of time. I want to get to the place where time doesn't bother me. The only thing that's important to me is being obedient to you. And that's the other kicker too. That you can't sit up and look at what you don't have and what you're waiting on and think you're going to have a happy life. You have to consider that given. You have to consider it your possession and it's in the discussion is over with on that matter. And from this day forward, I just rejoice and thank God for it and continue to rebuke the enemy when he comes to my mind and just continue to walk on in faith. That's what faith does. Because you're guarding your heart from the wicked, evil doubts that come in. And every doubt that you, you, that you acknowledge is an attempt for the enemy to make, make God look bad. Your doubt makes God look bad. And that's what he wants. He wants to try and separate you from the love of God. So whenever doubt comes in, I know we, well, God, what am I doing wrong? You don't really think you're doing anything wrong. You want to know why he didn't give it to you yet with your raggedy confession, your raggedy believing, your raggedy this. Why is it on our most raggedy days as far as obedience concerned, we go all innocent? Oh, dear, what can the matter be, dear, dear? 
what can I matter see? Oh, what can I matter? What, 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 what? You, your own song convicts you. Huh? You know you mean that. You don't want to know what's wrong. Cause then you might have to really be responsible and fix it. Thank God he fixes it for us. He hands you your answer on a silver platter. Amen. Girl, God will say, here it is. Girl, come on here. You know. Why are you letting that get you all worked up? I got your answer right here. But you got to make some effort and open your Bible to get it. You understand what I'm saying? Just check out of your mind and check into the word. And you'll get your answer. Mark eleven twenty three says, 25 says, when you stand praying, forgive. That's why you address sin every time you go before the throne. Amen. You ask God to forgive you. Well, I don't think that's necessary. I don't know. Try it. I'm not trying to do the necessary. I'm trying to do what works. Now, my life don't run on what's necessary with God. Are you kidding me? What ain't necessary? I don't live in the necessaries with him. I'm trying to do more than necessary. Because like maybe heaven is real. And maybe there's stuff up there for me if I do better than what I think I'm supposed to do. When are we going to quit living on barely get by street? I mean, we always talk about the spirit of excellence. I'm a queen. Huh? Oh, my queen sister. I see all them little things they be saying to each other. I say, oh, Lord. The more I pray, the worse it gets, Lord. What's going on here? Put that stuff out. You know, most days we barely understand what to do. The devil gets you so confused sometimes. You thought I was—I thought I was getting better. What's wrong with me? Huh? You know the drill, huh? Because panic is in us sometimes. And God wants us to confront all the things that are in our hearts that don't add to our our righteous life. He wants to root out everything. Sometimes we're looking for healing to come in three days when it's going to take him a couple of years to root out what's holding it down. We want to add two things. And he's trying to remove some stuff. So that's why we ask forgiveness when we pray. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against anybody. Yeah, that person that cut you off when you, when you were driving. Him. Forgive. Huh? That cousin of yours that you just barely like anyway. Hmm. Been calling on blowing your phone up and you refuse to answer it. Yeah, forgive. 
Huh? So don't tell me there ain't. I just, I checked it out. I, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me what's wrong. You wrong. Ask him to show you something that's that obvious. Well, I didn't cuss. Well, you ain't supposed to be cussing. Or is not we giving out badges for people that don't cuss anymore? I made like I made an improvement. You still have something against that person. Forgive and cut it out. Huh? <laughs> But we want the best. But iniquity in your heart keeps you from having faith for the best. It does. You ever just feel stupid and funny when you ask God for something? You feel like, well, that didn't go no further than the end of my tongue. It's iniquity. Your faith isn't there for that. You need to get in the words. You need to cleanse yourself. You need to get get that out of you. Quit playing games and quit acting silly and get hired on serious with God. I want to be holy because you're holy. So Mark eleven twenty four tells us we must believe we received our healing when we prayed. No buts. Don't give me buts. Believe you receive it. Father, I thank you. I receive my healing. After you pray, and this needs to be a pattern with us no matter what we pray for. Okay, Father, I received that when I prayed. Amen? So when you get up from praying, thank you, God, for answering that. I received. So that when it comes down the driveway, you know whose garage is going to go in. Because it'll show up past yours and go to your neighbors if you don't say, I received it now. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. I thank you for it. Amen. And so when you stand praying, believe that you received it and you'll have it if you don't let doubt creep in your heart and reside there. How do you keep doubt out? Well, you know how to cultivate the word. Keep sowing the word in your heart. Keep sowing the things of the spirit. Keep sowing purity. Keep sowing the love of God. Keep sowing those things that will cause water to come on to the seed of health, healing, prosperity, goodness, whatever you need from God. You water it with the word. You keep giving it more word. You ever notice that, that sometimes we need something real bad you can't you can't tear that Bible out people's hands. And you ain't grabbing your app either. You got your real paper Bible. It's that hard down serious about this. Huh? When you go get that paper Bible, God said, uh oh, there she is. Oh no. Let me get the angels ready. Let me get everything out. Ah, she got serious now. Cause she ain't gonna be going on YouTube. No distractions. Ain't going to be veering off on Facebook. Ain't going to be going nowhere else but on a Bible. Huh? We're supposed, that's called diligence. We're supposed to live like that 
all the time with God. But you know, we play and play for a while, get in trouble and right back there again. You ever say that to yourself sometimes? How come I don't stay like this? God, this is so good right here. I'm just enjoying my word. I'm just, how come I don't live like this all the time? Huh? And you say, oh, Slewfoot, oh, don't blame him. The devil can barely read. That's why he keeps people out of school. But he can't read. Oh, illiterate thing. He jealous of schooling because he don't have nothing. He know he don't want y'all to get smart. <laughs> Seriously, that's why he gets all these activist groups on college campuses to distract them from learning anything. I was talking to my doctor when I went, you know, this couple weeks ago, past week or something. And she was telling me how, she said, oh, you should see what they teach. They don't teach them anything in medical school anymore. I said, Lord have mercy. Let me get more, honey. I ran out of there so quick and got my paper Bible out when she told I said, oh, Lord, I know what's coming now. Woo! Thank you for the heads up. It ain't old school like it used to be. Nothing is. Nothing serious. So believe you receive your healing when you pray. Luke 8, turn there. So we're talking about the healing seed. So once you believe Mark 11, in 22 to 26, that seed is planted in your heart. Amen. In Mark chapter, I mean, sorry, Luke chapter 8. Let me get over to Luke. 8, 8, 8, 8, 8. In verse 11, Jesus tells him plainly, now here the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Amen. Jesus has just given them the parable of the sower and the seed that says the sower went out to sow a seed and it landed in different types of soil so they could all understand how this happened because anybody who's farmed has had this experience. A lot of the seed you plant doesn't, we, they didn't plant like we do in them little kindergarten pots we get. And you know what I'm saying. They would just toss the seed and then, you know, cover that seed up, make sure it was covered up with earth. Many times it would, if it hit wet soil, it would start to sprout and grow anyway. But it was good to cover it over with, with soil so that it would be protected. Soil gets to be a protection and a hindrance to a seed. Huh? If the soil is too dry, the seed won't even spring up. It'll choke it off before it gets, you got me? But at the same time, the seed needs nourishment from the soil. So you have to keep the soil watered so that it will draw nourishment from that. 
In other words, the seed is going to be challenged in its growth. Period. Always. You, you sometimes you might plant natural things and, and they're slow to grow or don't grow at all or grow a little bit. Then some years you'll have tons of stuff coming up. Farmers will tell you that. That farmers have tried for centuries to find out how to get a good crop every year. So they'll add fertilizer to the seed. Amen? And so Jesus tells you here, the sower went out to sow in verse 5, and some fell by the wayside. It was trampled down. The birds of the air ate it up. You've seen that. If you've seen, if you've ever had a garden, you'll see every critter in the neighborhood is tending your garden before you even know you got something growing. Because they saw you and said, oh, look what's coming. You know, hey, I checked this out in a couple days. I eat these seeds up before they even get planted. Amen. The seed is not your your meat. The fruit is. But the seed is the enemy's meat. So birds can devour and live off the seed, and you can't. So in other words, the enemy will get your healing in seed form before it even gets a chance to get firmly planted in your heart. says some fell on a rock as soon as it was sprung up so you see it can get nourishment out of a rock it'll start to sprout but as soon as it did because the rock was so hard it withered away now that rock represents where it was planted and that also represents the heart of man so once it gets planted in there you've got to keep your heart softened By the love of God, obedience to God, worship to God, and all of that, or that healing seed will not grow. That's why when you start to believe God for something, the devil comes and have somebody do something that gets you all triggered up, riled up, messed up, get you on a tear. Well, I don't understand why this is happening to me. Check this out. I don't do nothing bad to nobody. You liar. Huh? But that's not why it's happening. I said, you lying, but that ain't why it's happening. Sinners do stuff all the time. And the devil just encourages them and eggs them on and gives them stuff and But you, he tries to stop you. Why? Because you got something of value in there that's going to put a hurt on him if you ever get your hands on it. That's why he stops everybody in seed, in, in seed stage. He tries his best to stop people in the seed. If you make it beyond seed stage, you're doing real good. Cause you're, you're among the rare ones. Cause I'm gonna tell you, the word don't work for most of the people that sit under it. They living in the natural. God can start them out in the spirit and they flip over into the natural. Let me read on. He says here, that was the rock, right? 
He says, some fell among thorns. The thorns spring up and choke it. The Bible explains what those thorns are. Cares of this life. I got too much to do. I can't go to church. No! Deceitfulness of riches. I can't wait on that tithing stuff and that giving to work. I just, I just go out and get me some stuff. Get my Glock out the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> whatever, you know, or 22, your midnight special, whatever you got, you know, sort of. Or just a hand in a pocket works for some people. You understand what I'm saying? You're anxious for things. The minute the devil starts to tell you, see, the fruit of the spirit has no age that it works on best. Love, joy, peace, goodness. I know they sound boring to, to people's little anxious flesh, but, uh, they have no age as to how they affect people. Young people need love, old people need love. Joy works on old people as well as young, middle-aged, whatever. Peace works on everybody. Huh? Gentleness, kindness, all of that fruit of the spirit, there's no age limit on how it's going to affect you. You don't have to be young to feel joy. You don't have to be old to feel peace and patience. You, I mean, it, it works on everybody the same. So if the answer to your prayer is to increase your joy, this is what Jesus says, so that your joy might be full. It's what he wants you to do, have full joy in your life. That's all. It doesn't matter when you get these things as far as how long you have to believe or. But where it does make a difference is in your spiritual maturity. I know that's not as important as your stuff. But ask God to change how you look at things. Let your spirit, the condition of your spirit be more important to to you than your pocketbook, your love life your personal life, your friends, your whatever it is. Let that be more important to you than anything because that will prove itself out to be of more value. If you let it start working for you, it will prove itself to be out of greater value. So the thorns will spring up and choke the word before it even gets out. You see how this is such a challenging thing now? And I'm not saying that to discourage you, but I'm saying you can master it, but you must be diligent about it. You can't go away for like a week or two weeks and forget you was in the word, even God for this. And come back and think you're just going to pick it up with no penalty, no, oh yeah, I forgot I was confessing God for, you know what I'm saying. Just like a garden has to be tended every day. You look out every day. Farmers go out and inspect their fields. They constantly pulling weeds, turning the soil over again, loosening the soil up around it, all that kind of stuff, so that that crop will grow. So just as the seed in the earth is buried, the seed of God is buried in our hearts. Make sure to break up the fallow ground in your heart and in your mind so that that seed has room to spread its roots out so it can begin to take root and grow. 
Don't let it be choked out by every little weird thought that comes to your head. Oh, well, you know, I'm doing okay. You know, sometimes you'll think about, well, maybe I should go up to the altar and get prayer. Oh, no, you're doing okay. Don't worry about that. Huh? You you need to keep that. It, just as a natural seed is buried in the ground, the mystery of the seed um, will will cause you to understand that you just have to be diligent cultivating. Just cultivate, cultivate, cultivate. Keep Keep the soil rich around in your heart. Keep it full of the word. When you hear, when you get thoughts that come to you that are, are doubtful, you cast them down. That's how you pull the weeds out. You say, no, I'm not going to believe that. I still believe the word of the Lord. At the end of the day, you got to agree with God. Don't go to bed doubtful. Don't let the last thought that comes to you be a thought of doubt. Make that last thought, the first one and the last one, make that be thoughts of possibility, of assurance, of this is going to work. I'm more healed today than I was yesterday. I'm stronger in the things of God than I am right now. Amen. So begin to cultivate the richness of the word in your heart. Amen. Know that that seed is growing all the time. There is never a season for growing and a season for not growing in your heart. You can make it grow as fast and as as certain as you want it to grow. Thank God that you have the seed of the word of healing in your heart if you need healing. Thank him that that seed is growing. You don't know how. (laughs) We just told you how a little bit, but go to Mark chapter 4. How am I doing? How many? Mm. Mm. Lord, give me the time I need. All right, now here. Uh, Mark 4, chapter 26. It says, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed in the ground. Okay, so he's planting. And sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. Woo! Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it. No, he didn't tell you how to see grows. He told you how to tend the soil. Pay attention now. See, God tells you your responsibility. That's why he explained, explained that parable three times to them disciples. That was for them, for the next ones, and for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> All us disciples. What he explains is your responsibility you must take care of. But you don't have to know the mystery of the seed. You don't have to know how this happened. He says, this man gets up night and day. And at some point, that that seed brings forth life. He doesn't know how it happened. People have, listen, these people who are, um, what are they calling people? The ones who do the plant 
botanists, genet- yeah, genetic, you know, they call, have a special name for the ones that graft the seed together and produce new kinds of them kind of people. They think they know, but they don't know. If they knew so much about, you know, uh, plant genetics, they got a name for that stuff. I'll find it out. Somebody will tell me or what, but whatever. Um, they could get rid of Rona in a day. But see, she's still roaming around. Now she is greatly diminished. You understand what I'm saying? God's mercy cut her off. You got me? Cause I'm gonna tell you, many saints been praying. Everybody been doing something else. They've been scared of her. Huh? <laughs> Sitting at home, ain't preaching, got the churches locked up. God said, no, I'll do this by myself. You understand what I'm saying? See, we're watching now the sovereignty of God. I mean, like, pay attention, y'all. Now, come on now. Because this movie is too good to miss right here. Huh? Didn't God tell us a revival would not be televised? You ain't going to be able to sit nowhere and watch this. You're going to have to get in the midst of it to find out what's going on. Huh? But we're watching the sovereignty of God. The enemy sweeps in with all, shut everything down. And then he starts, swoop right back out. Amen? Anybody who ain't opening their church, they just scared. They still bought into the fear. We need to pray for them to be delivered. I pray for people every day. I said, Lord, look at your people. I said, number one, I thank you that you opened my eyes. But I'm also going to pray. You open my eyes for a reason. So that I could have mercy like you have mercy. Amen. But y'all out there, get it together now. Get people back in your churches. Ain't nothing to be scared of. You do the distancing, that's cool, whatever you do, but start worshiping. Because God needs to see worship coming up out of the earth. He doesn't need to see closed doors. He didn't give you that building so you can keep it closed. Praise God. So anyway, he says he doesn't know how this happens. Verse 27. He sleeps and gets up. In other words, chill out. Quit taking your pulse and trying to figure out when you're going to get rid of your symptoms. Just go to sleep. Amen. This man is at peace. He ain't worried about nothing. Why? He knows that seed is going to grow. He may not see anything for for many days, but he knows it's going to get here. It's going to come up. That's the way we got to look at our health and our healing, anything else we need from God. He says, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and the full ear of corn, or the full corn on the ear. You may not get any signs. Sometimes God will, will put you to the, put your little feet to the fire and say, now you got to know it's coming. Quit asking me to show you, to encourage you. You encourage yourself. I've given you enough to encourage yourself. Quit looking for everything, you little cheater. Well, see, the Bible say, I wrote that Bible. The Holy Ghost will tell you. I know what it says. I wrote it. Get thee behind me. Huh? But he says, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, you're not going to miss your healing. You're not going to miss your prosperity. You're not going to miss 
God will signal you when the harvest is ready. Amen. You may not see your symptoms get better and better before that, that all of them leave you. They might leave you one time overnight. And then sometimes you do get this kind of encouragement. But don't be begging for it and don't demand it. Amen. Jesus is in charge of your faith, so let him do this. You know, you'll understand it better by and by, as they say. Amen. Amen. So the mystery of the seed, it sprouts under certain conditions of nutrient. You take care of the conditions. In other words, guard your heart with all diligence. Make sure you keep your heart pure before God. Get out and do something for somebody. You know, like the fast that God has chosen. Go do something for somebody who don't have nothing. Go go minister. Go pray for somebody. Amen. That'll keep your heart pure. That'll cultivate better seed. But understand that that, that seed is buried in our hearts. And it'll come forth in the right season. Amen. It needs to be fully matured before you can can harvest it. So you don't want to harvest something ahead of time. You'll, it'll be on life support. You understand what I'm saying? You'll be so insecure and nervous about it, you keep watching it all the time. You have to be careful about that. God wants the root strong so it'll hold. He wants everything about it strengthened so it will it will be lasting. Amen? So our healing comes spiritual first. So we're talking about totally invisible things when we talk about the seed of the word of God. But if you will go ahead and and thank God for it and continue to release faith over that seed, always praise God. Daily praise God. More than once a day praise him. Don't put yourself on no clock. You know, when you when you get in your car and turn the ignition, thank you, Jesus. You know, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, rejoice in the small things. In the biggie, the biggie is right behind the small, biggie small. The biggie. Alicia, quit laughing and go look on my desk and give me those cards, please, darling. Get the, get the biggie smalls working. You know what I'm saying? Get the small version of the big thing. And let God continue. He's he's working a discipline in us where at some point sickness will just bounce off of you because it won't be able to stay because thank you, honey, because you're so healed in your heart. I even got some things to remind you guys of these. uh, Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Since you clap and come up here and pass these out. Thank you. So you got that one. Miss Nola, can you do this one for me? Go ahead and give them to everybody, honey. Miss Raja, you mind doing this one for me? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Miss Vicki, you mind? I'm passing them out. I was going to say, give it to Brianna. Her lap is fuller than yours is. So <laughs> We let these young kids do this stuff. <laughs> we, don't, we don't usually just jump up and start doing stuff. But amen. But but put those things around your heart, your um, your your uh, self as a reminder. Keep the word in your eyes. One of the reasons we need to do that is because there's so much other stuff against the word that we look at. You know, you're not forced to look at the news, but you do sometimes. Amen. You're not forced to look at things that are not edifying, but you do. And so feast this, feast your words on this, your eyes on this, 
and continue to believe God for health and healing or whatever it is that you're seeking from God. But the healing seed has got to be cultivated no matter what season in your life is coming forth. Amen? All right, well, we'll stop. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the healing seed that you have hidden in our hearts. Lord, we bless you, we praise you, and we honor you, and we love you. And we thank you for what you're doing today. Father, help us to keep our eyes focused on your word of seed, growth, health, and healing. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen. Y'all good? All right. Well, be healed. Amen. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen.